0: The following is a CJBT Productions podcast. This is the free version of the Music History Today Weekly Edition podcast number one hundred and ninety. Eight. This week we go over the news and charts and we make the case for putting the Foo Fighters and Rage Against the Machine into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. A couple pieces of podcast business to get out of the way before we begin. The first is that I am doing both free and paid subscription podcasts. As for the free podcasts that you will still find on whatever podcasting platform that you're listening to me on right now, Apple, Google, SoundCloud, CastBox, whichever, I will still be doing the daily Music History Today podcast, where I'll still go over the music history and birthdays for that particular date. Those podcasts will still be every day for the entire year and for years to come. I will also still be doing the weekly edition and the EDM podcasts for free. However, the free versions, like the one you're listening to me on right now, will only have the news, the charts, and the Hall of Fame segments. I'll explain why in about 30 seconds or so. There will also be a free Friday podcast that I will post every Friday, which will be a podcast highlight show where I take some segments from the past week's podcast along with giving you a preview of some upcoming podcasts. Now for the paid part. I now have OnlyFans and Patreon paid subscription pages. On the Patreon page, I have a couple of tiers at the moment. Tier 1 gives you the Music History Today daily podcast, the full versions of the weekly edition podcast, and the full version of the EDM podcast, which will both have the news, the charts, the Hall of Fame, The music reviews, the topic segments, in other words, the usual podcasts that you were getting before for free. I will also be adding a minimum of four extra podcasts per month on this particular tier, being Tier 1. Those podcasts on this tier will be the top albums podcast, the top singles podcast, and the top dance songs podcasts, with each of those podcasts dropping one episode per month. The Music Halls of Fame podcast, which used to be free and weekly, will now be moving to this tier and will be a monthly podcast. Tier 1 will cost $5 per month. There may also be another special podcast added for that tier. It depends on the month just to even things out. But those four podcasts that I just mentioned are guaranteed each month. That's a minimum of 10 podcasts a week, with two podcasts dropping every Monday through Wednesday. One of those podcasts, of course, being the daily one. For Tier 2... You will get the Music History Today daily podcast, the full versions of the weekly edition and the EDM podcast, along with all of the other paid podcasts from Tier 1, along with a minimum of at least four additional podcasts per month for this tier only. Tier 2 is $10 per month, and it will actually be $5 podcast per month. The additional podcasts on this tier are the Top Dance Songs by Decade podcast, the Award Show History podcast, and the Music and Concert Venues podcast. I am also adding another monthly podcast to this tier called the Music's WTF Moments podcast, where I look at some of the controversial, sad, and strange moments in music history. Each of those four podcasts will drop one episode per month. The Music History Today In-Depth podcast will no longer be part of the free lineup. It will be a paid podcast on this particular tier, but it will still be a weekly podcast. Much like Tier 1... It all depends on the month, but those five podcasts are guaranteed each month for Tier 2 only. That's a minimum of 12 podcasts a week, with two podcasts dropping every Monday through Friday most weeks, and that tier, again, is $10 per month. As far as the OnlyFans page goes, that is a $10 per month subscription, which will have all of the podcasts that I just mentioned because it is fashioned after the Tier 2 podcasts. So, if you have enjoyed my podcasts or you find value in the time and effort that I put into making them, then I hope that you will consider joining my Patreon or OnlyFans pages. I will post the links to all of that in the show notes. On to the news. First, because we have to mention it, because it's music news, sort of, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian are getting a divorce. The cynic in me is wondering if it's real and not some publicity stunt, knowing the Kardashian's history of playing the media, but here's hoping that they're both happy at least and they're not playing the media this time. You people who know, know. Anyway, let's move on. Universal Music Group parent Vivendi announced that UMG will do an initial public stock offering on the Amsterdam Stock Exchange, not the New York ones, in 2022. Meanwhile, Universal Music Group is bringing back Virgin Records. Virgin Music Label and Artist Services will be geared towards independent labels and artists. Iconic Artist Group has bought the rights to the Beach Boys music brand and memorabilia for 100 million U.S. dollars. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced that doing COVID testing at locations, along with the vaccinations, will probably be the way forward for nightclubs and concert venues, although the date that clubs will reopen is still pretty much up in the air as of now. Also, concerning the controversy over visa-free travel with the European Union, the British government has admitted that they are not in negotiations to extend the visa-free travel to the European Union. Lovely of them. Iced Earth's bassist Luke Appleton and singer Stu Block quit the band last week due to guitarist John Schaefer's involvement in the Capitol insurrection on January 6th. Violent protests have engulfed parts of Spain after rapper Pablo Hasel was arrested in order to serve a nine-month sentence for insulting the Spanish monarchy in a song, among some other trumped-up charges. And since there wasn't a whole lot of news this week, we're already up to the passings this week, and there are a few. Rest in peace to Robert Mirage. Robert was the father of rapper Nicki Minaj. Robert was killed by a hit and run driver while walking on a road in Mineola, New York. Robert Mirage was 64 years old. Rest in peace to Russ Thyret. Russ was a 30 year executive at Warner Brothers Records from 1971 to 2001. During his time at Warner Brothers, he helped to develop the careers of Fleetwood Mac, James Taylor, Depeche Mode, Madonna, and R.E.M. But perhaps his biggest accomplishment during his time was that he helped to sign Prince to the label back when Prince was 18. Russ retired from Warner Brothers once Warner merged with AOL in 2001. Russ passed away after a long illness. Russ Thyrett was 76 years old. Rest in peace to Johnny Pacheco. Johnny was a salsa music pioneer and also co-founded Fania Records. Johnny passed away after a bout with pneumonia. Johnny Pacheco was 85 years old. Rest in peace to Ari Gold. Ari was a dance music icon who sang with Diana Ross and Cyndi Lauper and put out seven albums of his own. While there has been talk about him being the first openly gay dance artist in the media, he really wasn't. There were others before him, such as Sylvester, but Ari may have been the first to make it easier for others to embrace who they are in the dance music genre. Ari passed away after a long battle with leukemia. Ari Gold was 47. Rest in peace to Uroy. roy U- roy whose real name was Ewert Beckford, was a renowned Jamaican reggae artist and musician who pioneered toasting, which is the vocal style of putting rhythmic speech done in a conversational style, over the beat in reggae and dance hall u Roy's cause of death was not announced. u Roy was 78 years old. Rest in peace to Prince Marky D. Prince, whose real name was Mark Morales, was one-third of the 80s hip-hop act The Fat Boys, who had hits like Jailhouse Rap, The Fat Boys Are Back, All You Can Eat, and their remake of the song Wipeout, which featured the Beach Boys and became a top-ten hit. They were known for their comedic lyrics and videos and for using a lot of beatbox on their songs, courtesy of the human beatbox, the late Darren Robinson. Recently, Prince was a record label executive and also a streaming radio DJ on the Rock the Bells channel on Sirius XM Radio. Prince passed away a day before his 53rd birthday from a heart attack. Prince Marky D was technically... 52 years old but let's end this on a good note congratulations go out to Megan Trainer, who gave birth to her first child on of all days Valentine's Day congratulations to Megan and her husband The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced its list of 15 nominees for consideration for induction into the hall recently. The nominees this year are Mary J. Blige, Kate Bush, Devo, Foo Fighters, The Go-Go's, Iron Maiden, Jay-Z, Shaka Khan, Carol King, Fela Kuti, LL Cool J, New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine, Todd Rundgren, Tina Turner, and Dionne Warwick. Now, every year, the Rock Hall has a fan vote which normally goes a long way in determining who gets into the Hall of Fame. You can, of course, go to rockhall.com to do the voting. You can vote once a day for five artists. I will let you know that while I am spreading my votes between a bunch of the artists, I am definitely voting more than a few times for a few of the ones who I really, really want to see get in this upcoming year. The way it usually works is this. The winner of the fan vote gets in. It's that simple. It's worked out that way almost every year since they started the fan vote. In fact, with the exception of four times since they started the vote, the top three vote-getters were inducted into the Hall of Fame, except last year it didn't quite work out that way. As fan favorites, Dave Matthews Band and Pat Benatar both didn't get in, even though they were in the top three in vote-getting. But the Notorious B.I.G. and T-Rex got in, even though they were in the bottom third of voting. So, I guess for a couple of years, the rule doesn't quite make it. But we'll see about this year. Now, every week for the next eight weeks, we're going to make the case for you to vote for two of the artists. So far, this year in voting... In a shocker, and I am assuming somebody either did something with this fan voting, or maybe perhaps this person's fan base is rather large and they went ballistic on this vote. But Fela Kuti, who I guarantee you none of you actually know unless you're really, really good with world music, is in first place. At this moment, by the looks of it, it's just under 20,000 votes, give or take. Number two is Tina Turner. Number three, the Foo Fighters. Number four, Iron Maiden. Number five, Carole King. The Go-Go's are at number six. Rage Against the Machine is at number seven. Dionne Warwick is at number eight. Shaka Khan is at number nine. Devo's at number ten. Todd Rungren is number 11. Mary J. Blige is number 12. Jay-Z is number 13. LL Cool J is number 14. The New York Dolls are at number 15. And Kate Bush rounds out the pack at number 16. Now, this week, I'm going to go over two different bands who definitely deserve your vote even though at the moment they're kind of doing okay. The first one is Rage Against the Machine. This group took its name seriously. These guys were rockers with a social conscience. Two of their four albums are considered classics, according to Rolling Stone Magazine's Top 500 Albums of All Time list. Their debut album is at number 368, and their third album is at number 426. So I figure that if two of your four albums are considered among the greatest to have ever been recorded, that pretty much ends whatever other things I can say about the group. They're in. Or at least they should be. See, in, 19, or in 2017, they were not inducted into the Hall in their very first year of eligibility, which is a shame because if the Hall voters were under the age of 70, they might have gotten in on the first ballot. Then again, Soundgarden should have gotten in, and they didn't either. And honestly, Soundgarden should be on this list. This year, they are not, unfortunately. But this year, Rage is back on the list. Now, if you're going to deep dive into Rage, then I would actually just recommend getting all four of their albums. In order of release, they are... Rage Against the Machine, Evil Empire, the Battle of Los Angeles, and Renegades. And in these times of political and moral corruption, the Hall would send a strong message about how important rebellious rock music is to the culture, especially right now. Next up, let us talk about the Foo Fighters. To the tail of the tape we go. The Foo Fighters are one of the most influential and popular rock bands of the past quarter century. They've sold over 30 million albums worldwide. Of those, they have two that have hit number one, actually almost a third, as of this past week. Three now have hit number two, two have hit number three, two have hit number ten, and their debut album performed the worst— That only got to number 23, that slacker. Oh, and for all you conspiracy theory people out there, yes, Dave Grohl, the drummer in Nirvana, is the same Dave Grohl, the guitarist and lead singer of the Foo Fighters. Also, QAnon conspiracy nuts, household disinfectants, should never be injected into your body. I'm just saying, it's that kind of conspiracy. As far as singles go... The Foo Fighters have been absolute monsters on the rock chart, with 33 top 20 singles, a lot of those hitting the top 10. Hits like This Is A Call, Big Me, All My Life, Learning To Fly, which is now in a commercial for a truck, I believe, My Hero, and many more. They've been nominated for 29 Grammy Awards, winning 12 of them. If you put all of their various awards together including all the MTV Video Music Awards, then you would get 97 nominations and 26 wins in a 25-year career. That right there is a strong resume for induction. Another thing that they have going for them is that Dave Grohl is highly respected in the music industry. He's given a few induction speeches for other inductees. He's also an inductee already with Nirvana, so there's that going for him as well. My thought is that out of this entire list, they are probably the artists who have the strongest chance of getting in. The only hiccup to all of this, though, is, ironically, Rage Against the Machine. See, The Hall Voters usually works like this. They put in only one hip-hop act, one R&B act, one older 60s or 70s band, one 80s or 90s band, and then they split the last two of their final six slots by doubling down on any of those categories. Last year, Depeche Mode and Nine Inch Nails were both inducted in a pretty tight field, So it could be that both Rage and the Foo Fighters split the hard rock vote, but they might just get both bands in this year. Remember, you can go to rockhall.com to vote for who you think should get in. You can vote once a day. Next week, the ladies take over, and we will make the case for you to vote for Tina Turner and Carol King to be inducted as solo artists. On to the charts for the week, starting off with the one that everybody wants to get on, Billboard. As usual, Morgan Whalen's Dangerous, the double album, is the number one album. The racial slur has not stopped him one single bit. In fact, he's actually gained steam. There you go. Number one single for another week, though, is Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License. That may change next week, I suspect, because there is another song that is heating up, which I will get to down the road a little bit. Top artist is Morgan Whalen. Top social media artist for the umpteenth week in a row is BTS. Top streaming song, top digital sales song is Cardi B's Up which may end up taking over the number one spot. That's one nominee for that spot. There is another. Top sales album and top current sales album is actually the Foo Fighters' Medicine at Midnight. Top catalog sales album is Queen's Greatest Hits. Top independent album is Morgan Whalen, If I Know Me. Top vinyl album is Foo Fighters' Medicine at Midnight. Top pop song is Ariana Grande's 34 plus 35. Top adult contemporary song is The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. Top adult pop song is 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Top country album is Morgan Whalen's Dangerous the Double Album. Top country song Luke Combs's Better Together. Top country streaming song is Morgan Whalen's Sand in My Boots, and top country digital sales song is Morgan Whalen's More Than My Hometown. And there you go. It hasn't really hurt him a single bit, except for his reputation a little bit, but that's the world we live in these days. Top Rock Song, 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Top Rock Album, Foo Fighters Medicine at Midnight. Top Rock Streaming Song, Machine Gun Kelly and Black Bears, My Ex's Best Friend. Top Rock Digital Sales Song, AJR's Bang. Top Hard Rock Album, Foo Fighters Medicine at Midnight. Top Hard Rock Song, Foo Fighters Waiting on a War. Top Hard Rock Streaming Song, Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody which also happens to be the top hard rock digital sales song. Top alternative song for the umpteenth week in a row and top alternative streaming song for the umpteenth week in a row is 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Top alternative digital sales song is AJR's Bang. Top alternative album is the Foo Fighters' Medicine at Midnight. Top rap song no longer 24-karat golden. It is Cardi B's Up. That also happens to be the top rap streaming song and the top rap digital sales song. Top rap album is the new one from Pooh Shiesty called Shiesty Season. On the R&B charts, top R&B song is The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. That also happens to be the top R&B streaming song and the top RB digital sales song. Top R&B album is The Weeknd's The Highlights, which is his greatest hits album. Top global song with or without the U.S. numbers is Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License. On the Latin charts, Bad Bunny rules everything. Bad Bunny and Jay Cortez's Dakidi is the top Latin song, top Latin streaming song, top Latin digital sales song, top Latin album is Bad Bunny's El Ultimo Tour del Mundo. And, as always, the top Latin pop album is Selena's Ones, her greatest hits album. On the Canadian charts, top Canadian song, Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License, top Canadian album, The Weeknd's The Highlights, top Canadian digital sales song, The Weeknd's Blinding Lights, top K-pop song in South Korea is IU's Celebrity, on the UK charts, Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License is the top UK song. The top UK album is Foo Fighters' Medicine at Midnight. And Nathan Evans's Wellerman is the top UK and top Euro digital sales song. As always, the EDM charts are on the EDM podcast, which drops every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is 4 a.m. Chicago, 2 a.m. in L.A., 10 a.m. in London, 11 a.m. in Alicante, Spain, and also in Paris. High noon in Moscow. For those of you in Moscow, hello. Onward, Apple, top album, Carly Pierce, 29. Top single, Andra Day's Rise Up. On the Spotify charts, things change, and here's where the new number one in America may come from. Globally, the top streaming song is Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License, but there is a new number one American streaming song and a new UK streaming song that I suspect will probably be number one in America on Billboard next week, and that is Little TJ and Slack with Calling My Phone, and you will hear me say that name a few more times on this chart. On the YouTube charts, top song and top music video in America is Ariana Grande's 34 plus 35 remix. Top UK song is Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license for another week, but the aforementioned Little TJ and Slack's Calling My Phone is the top music video. Top global song is another one from India. It's the same one that it's been for the last four or five weeks, actually. It's Ranuka, Panwar, and MJ with 52 Ka Daman. Globally, the top music video, though, is not that one as it's been for the last few weeks. It's been replaced by another song from India. Honey Singh and Neha Kakar with Sayan Ji. Bollywood music is huge globally. Who knew? On the hits charts, HitsDailyDouble.com, top album for yet another week, Morgan Whalen's Dangerous, the double album, top song revenue in Great Britain. Cardi B's Up, which made $156,535 US dollars weekly streaming revenue, or sales revenue, I should say, of $39,000. $237 on 34,200 units sold, streaming revenue of $117,298 on 21,078 streams, or 78,000 streams, I should say, as always, that works out to six-tenths of a penny per stream, so, you know, buy your music, as I always say. When you compare that, though, to last week's number one, which was Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license, you notice a couple things. First off, Olivia Rodrigo made more money last week. She made 12000 more. But her revenue for streaming was 156000 compared to $117,000 streaming uh, for Cardi B. Cardi B's sales revenue, though was more than olivia rodrigo's olivia rodrigo had sales revenue of 11,000 cardi b had 39,000 so you know where the money's going it's for cardi it's going more for people are buying more of her songs as opposed to olivia where people are downloading it more go figure Hey, speaking of Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license, it's Shazam's number one U.S. and U.K. single. There you go. BBC One Radio's top single is The Kid Leroy with Without You. The Kid Leroy is an Irish rapper, I believe. Uh, BBC Two Radio's top single is Marisha Wallace with Faith. Rolling Stone Magazine, the top song... The aforementioned Lil T.J. and Slacks calling my phone with 22.4 million streams, which is why I think that it'll be number one on Billboard next week. Top album, though, as always, Morgan Whalen's Dangerous, the double album. Taylor Swift, though, was the top streamed artist last week with 94.6 million streams. Top trending song was Pooh Shiesty and Big 30 with Neighbors. And this upcoming week, you will get new releases from, among others, Alice Cooper, The Architects, Blank Mass, Cloud Nothings, Julian Baker, Kyle Edward Connolly, Lost Horizons, Lydia Deuce, Maximo Park, Melvin's, Neil Young and Crazy Horse with a live album way down in the rust bucket, NoFX, and Willie Nelson, and that one is uh, Frank Sinatra covers, actually. It's called That's Life. And that is it for Music History Today, the weekly edition podcast number 198, only two away from 200. Wow. Thanks for listening. Audio engineering and editing, video editing, writing, narration, catering, basically everything... Is done by yours truly. You can find us on our website at cjbtproductions.com. Our podcast is on all of your favorite podcast providers such as Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Castbox, etc., etc. Look for them all under Music History Today when you search for us there. If you would like to support this podcast, our paid OnlyFans can be found at OnlyFans.com backslash music today, and our Patreon can be found at Patreon.com backslash music today. We are also on Twitter at Music Day, and you can find us on YouTube and Spotify. Just search for us under Music History Today. Thanks for listening.